be honest some weeks it's more fun to do a viking show and be a viking fan and observer than others this is that week uh vikings with the biggest win of the season maybe the biggest win of o'connell's tenure monday night against a very good san francisco 49ers team in a highly entertaining game and now the vikings are preparing to go to lambeau field which always feels epic no matter the circumstances and jeff i was thinking about it i'm working on a column for the weekend this might be the first this might be the biggest advantage the Vikings have had at the quarterback position in this rivalry since maybe the 70s. <laughs> I, I think you're probably right. <laughs> Certainly, it's. Uh, I, I was looking at that today, and in the last 31 years of, of, of the Favre and Rodgers era, the Vikings have faced one of those two guys 60 of 62 times. Mm. <laughs> And so it's kind of fascinating to think about now Jordan Love steps into the rivalry and, and Kirk Cousins, who's performed pretty well against the Packers over the years uh, in Minnesota, especially. And so now here we go with, with Vikings at Packers. A lot of people figuring, oh, yeah, because Jordan Love's playing and he's struggling. He's thrown four interceptions the last two weeks. Well, people forget the Vikings got drilled in Lambeau last year uh, in December, uh, I think it was week 17. It was about something like 40, what, 41, 17, as I recall. Yeah. So I think they have to be very wary going into this game of a Packers team that is still dangerous. They've still got plenty of weapons. Now they're banged up and especially missing a guy like Aaron Jones would hurt their cause and Jair Alexander, if he's out, Jenkins is limited in practice. So we'll see how it plays out. But certainly there's good vibes, as you said, here with Viking fans and and among the team after, after a really a pretty monumental win that most of us, including you and I did not forecast over the 49ers, uh, and the, and the way it, the way it played out was with some adversity that they overcame and the red zone failures a couple times, but with, with Kirk Cousins playing a tremendous game and and, and I'll kind of start with this thought, Jim. I, I thought that that the win over the Four Niners on Monday night was very likely the best game of, of Cousins' twelve year NFL career, and I say that considering the national primetime stage where he's had some issues, as everybody knows, the quality of the opponent and and the stakes involved for the Vikings to get back into the playoff chase because three and four, now they're a half game out of a wild card spot and, and only two games behind the Lions who look a little more vulnerable after getting just crushed by Baltimore. I, I think, and then Cousins throws for 378 and two touchdowns without Jefferson. Addison has a great game. Offensive line maybe had their best game in the last five years. I, but I think looking at Cousins, I, I think it should give people a lot of hope that this team can can make a big turnaround in the second half of the season, starting in Lambeau Field. Agreed. He's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, uh, when those teams both went deep in the playoffs. 
Uh, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. We appreciate you listening. The best way, way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Shows just show up. You don't have to go looking for them. You can also find archives and our full lineup at TalkNorth.com. Don Mitchell has started a new show with us, uh, had great guests on. Uh, including Chad Greenway and Laura Oakman this week. Uh, check that show out. And we also have the Viking Update show with myself and John Krasinski that does very well as well. And we appreciate you listening to all of them. Uh, thanks to the sponsors who make this possible. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. And we want to thank our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Also, thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, let's Let's start here. It feels like now they've had some winnable games and they've gotten to face some young quarterbacks, which has helped. But it feels to me like this team is figuring out how to play Brian Flores' system and is becoming pretty good at it. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And, and I thought that, that this was perhaps Flores' best game too yeah. in, in terms of, of calling a game and utilizing the players that he's got without Davenport, and I think that may be something he's going to have to get used to, even when Davenport comes back off IR with that ankle injury. I, I just don't think the guy can be counted on to stay healthy. He, he wasn't at New Orleans last year, and he flashed in a couple games when he did play. But how, how do you count on a guy like that? I think the fortunate thing is DJ Wanham's improving and making more of an impact, and Flores is, is pushing the right buttons figuring out ways to get guys in the right position to make plays, such as Cam Bynum, who had a terrific game and uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And I, I think the, the Bynum plays in particular kind of emblematic of, of how this team can potentially turn around. Here's a guy who did not make the big play against the Chiefs on the deep ball on a third and whatever it was long and it gave up a big reception that, that was a key to the Chiefs' win. And then in this game, he makes two interceptions of Brock Purdy, who had not been a guy that turned the ball over. So, yeah, I, I think Flores, his play calling, it's keeping P, the teams off balance. He did have shaky games, I thought, against the Eagles, the Chargers, the Chiefs, where he did not adjust, especially that Chargers game when the Chargers get thrown the, the quick wide receiver stuff and and the Eagles were, were pounding the ball and didn't, didn't adjust the, the run defense. I think now he's kind of getting a, a better sense of what the talent that the team has. And the players are playing better. Guys like Wanham, guys like Jonathan Bullard, guys like Dean Lowry made a fumble recovery. And Harrison Smith ha, has made big plays as, as he's counting out. Jordan Hicks has been a big-time player for them, much better, more impactful than he was last year. And, of course, Daniel Hunter – leading the NFL in sacks, which kind of brings me to the thought of the trade deadline coming up next week on, on Halloween. And everybody assumed after the Vikings start 0-3, oh, they're going to have a fire sale here. They're going to dump Hunter. They're going to dump Cousins. They're going to dump all these guys, even Ezra Cleveland now, because Dalton Reisner had a big game against the 49ers. And, and by the way, he should stay in the starting lineup because yes. he's a fifth guard but I think I think the win over the 49ers and the fact that the Vikings are three and four a half game out of the wild card two games behind the Lions they got two more games with the Lions I think it may turn the, the Vikings into buyers at the trade deadline I, I did write about this for 33rd team 
talking about teams with pressure to complete a trade deadline deal. I think the Vikings are one of those teams that can help their pass rush because I don't think they can count on Davenport. And there are some big-time pass rushers out there. Guys like Carl Lawson has seven sacks at the Jets. He's backing up for them this year. Uh, Tennessee's Danico Autry has four sacks already. And the Titans may be bailing out a little bit and traded Kevin Byard to Philadelphia. There was their excellent safety. And then you got a guy like Chase Young out there. I don't think the Vikings are going after Chase Young because he'll be too expensive to re-sign. But some of these other guys, even are Justin Houston and Carolina, perhaps they'll take a run at those guys to help that pass rush. And then the cornerback group, I think they're still suspect there. They may, may have played better last week, but it certainly didn't hurt that Debo Samuel was out for San Francisco. And... I think that you look at, at what they've got at corner, Murphy's been a little up and down. He was better last week. Caleb Evans has been up and down. Booth, they haven't gotten that much out of at all. And what happened to Makai Blackman, by the way? <laughs> we yeah. haven't seen much of him lately, <clears throat> the third-round pick. So what if they made a run at a guy like Marcus Peters, if the Raiders kind of are bailing on the season? So there, there are some interesting things that could happen by next Tuesday with the trade deadline. And a lot of other teams are going to be making big moves too, which the Vikings may have to match, including the Lions, by the way. <clears throat> After that Baltimore game, they may be looking for help. Yeah, fascinating week, isn't it? And it kind of drove me crazy early in the season how many people, uh, national media, some local media, a lot of local fans, just wanted to give up on the season. I mean, you have – I mean, I know he's hurt, but you have Justin Jefferson in his prime. You have Daniel Hunter in his prime. You have Brian O'Neill and Christian Darisaw in their prime. You have Cousins playing well. Um, you already brought in Cam Akers and Reisner, guys who could make a difference. Uh, you know, Hicks is in his prime. Smith is still playing well. Bynum is playing well. I, mean, just, I just hate the idea of giving up on it. I hate the idea of giving up, period, in the, in the sports world, but especially giving up so early on a team that won 13 games last year. Yeah, and I think that's – part of the modern day social media overreaction <laughs> and yeah, in the, in the past that that really didn't happen as much. Certainly from a team executive standpoint, I can tell you that if we ever started even Owen one, I'd get very nervous because I knew Owen one can lead to Owen two, which leads to pressure, which is why I always felt winning the opening game was very important. It kind of gave you that, that leeway. The San Francisco game, to me, first of all, I think it's a statement game for the Vikings to, to be able to beat a, a quality opponent. And, and the fact that they've gone through the gauntlet of that early season, first seven games with five playoff teams. And, yeah, they should have beat the Bucks here. They should have beat the Chargers here. And, and perhaps the San Francisco game that all of us thought was going to be a, an L – I think that makes up for one of those games. And because before the season, I thought they would be something like four and three at this point. They're yeah. three and four. So they're in okay shape. They, they still need to keep the Lions in their sights. But I think the danger is that they, they have to keep the momentum going now. And, and they do have two challenging road games coming up at Green Bay, never an easy place. And, and the Packers. Are, are a team that is, is dangerous, even though they're coming off a, a loss last week that was really avoidable. 
where Jordan Love threw that late interception, a bad ball. They're down two to Denver. If he if he hits A.J. Dillon underneath, they're probably in field goal range. Threw the deep ball, underthrew it, intercepted. Denver wins. That was a game I'm sure they're kicking themselves over, just as the Vikings were kicking themselves over Tampa Bay and the Chargers. So, But I think if you, if you just look at the schedule at Atlanta, not going to be easy. The, the Falcons are 4-3. and three. They're leading the NFC South, but it's certainly a, a team they can beat especially if they can stop the run, which I thought, Jim, in looking back at the San Francisco game, that was the, the, the most surprising thing to me was the fact that the defense could stop the 49ers running game that came into the game third ranked in the league with an average of 148 yards a game. The Vikings only allowed 65 yards rushing, held the league leading rusher Christian McCaffrey to 45 yards. That was the most surprising thing of all in the game other than winning the game, that that happened. And, and the other thing that kind of bugged me afterwards, you, you talk about the national media and you, and you watch the shows and they're saying, oh, they didn't have Debo Samuel. Oh, they didn't have Trent Williams. Well, well, hey, they forget the Vikings didn't have Justin Jefferson, Marcus Davenport, Ezra Cleveland was out, and perhaps Ezra Cleveland should stay out. Or when he comes back, maybe replace that Ingram. And, and that's one of the things with the trade deadline. Now everybody's saying, well, trade Ezra Cleveland now because Reisner should be a starter. No, no. not fast. <laughs> no. Because I, I think Cleveland gives them the depth. If, if Ingram stroke, struggles, which he can do, and Reisner can play either side, I wouldn't trade Ezra Cleveland right now because nope. you know if he's going to be a free agent. If he leaves in the offseason – you can get a compensatory pick that could be anywhere from a third to fifth round pick. Are you going to get better than that right now in the trade market for Ezra no. Cleveland? No. So not so fast on that deal either. But getting back to the schedule, at Green Bay, at Atlanta, not easy. If they can get those two wins, pull themselves over 500, then you're looking at a stretch where you can make some hay. you got New Orleans that's kind of struggling at home. You're at Denver, a team that you should beat, and then you got Chicago at home, and then at the Raiders. Those are games that are very, very winnable before you hit that the kind of finale at Cincinnati. <clears throat> Not going to be easy. And the two games with Detroit. So I think the Vikings are, are in, in reasonably good shape. But if they lose in Green Bay, then all of a sudden you're treading water again. Yeah, it, it, it is a big game for all the obvious reasons. By the way, Jeff, I will say I did pick on the Viking Update show last week. I did pick the Vikings to beat the 49ers. I can't tell you why. I just had a weird feeling. Uh, but, you know, and so when I get one right, I got to I got to brag. Well, that's a good one. Right. That's definitely a good one for you. <laughs> all right. And we will do our picks this week at the end of this show. Next, I want to talk about Jordan Love. We do want to thank our sponsors who make all this possible, though, starting with White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My great friend, owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running, with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you will see fall savings, $1,000 dealer discount, plus a $1,250 rebate and 1.9%. APR on 2023 Buick Encore GX, $1,000 dealer discount plus a $750 rebate, 
plus 0.9% APR on 2023 Buick Envisions, $6,500 total rebates, plus $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash with 0.9% APR on, on GMC Sierra Crew 1500s, plus no monthly payments until 2024 on many of these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. And thanks also to Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio, as do all of our shows. Uh, Jordan Love, he had a couple of nice moments early in the season. Now we are well into the season, and his numbers are just not very good. I think he's 28th in quarterback rating, 22nd in passing yards. Uh, he's not really, to me, passing the eye test right now. He's he's fairly athletic, but I, he's not a superior athlete. He's not particularly accurate, which is the number one thing for any NFL quarterback. I'm just not seeing it right now, Jeff. Yeah, it, it, it seems like he's really fallen off from the start of the season where he looked good. We'll see what happens in, in Lambeau. The, the fact that he's coming off a, two games with four interceptions certainly is for, forcing Coach Matt LaFleur and, and Love to, to kind of take a closer look and figure out what they need to do. I think it, it kind of plays into the Vikings' hands in terms of Brian Flores with the confusion he can cause for young quarterbacks as we saw, even with, with a, a guy that has a lot of poise in Brock Purdy on, on Monday night and, and guys like Bryce Young earlier, I think that it's an opportunity for the Vikings to force some mistakes from Jordan Love in this game. We'll, we'll see if it turns out that way. I, I think first and foremost, they, they need to be able to stop that Packers running game. And, and the Packers have not been running it great this year and especially if Aaron Jones is hurt, although A.J. Dillon can be a load, we know that. The Packers' defense, I think, is still dangerous, though, Jim, and, and they they rank eighth in the league against the pass, and the Vikings are the third-best passing team in the league, totally yardage-wise. That That's going to be an interesting match to watch and to see how that plays out. But as we said earlier, the Vikings' offensive line playing so very well, and, and especially, you mentioned the two tackles, O'Neal and Darisaw and, and Brian O'Neill, the job he did against Nick Bosa. Now he got some help on occasion from from Josh Oliver, from TJ Hawkinson, from CJ Ham. But but overall, 
he had him one-on-one a lot and really did a fantastic job holding a guy who led the league in sacks last year uh, sackless in this game and and the fact that 49ers had no sacks. So, yeah, I think Jordan Love is, is certainly a key to the game. But as always, so is Kirk Cousins. Can he stay on the on the positive trajectory that he is on right now after that 49er fantastic performance? I think that is certainly a key. Jordan Addison, he's going to face potentially a very physical corner in Jair Alexander, who in that December game when the Packers drilled the Vikings, Alexander and company held held Justin Jefferson to one catch for 15 yards. Now, of course, it was colder weather, but it could be some iffy weather in Green Bay on Sunday. The Vikings probably need to be practicing outdoors, even on a rainy day like today, because that's what they might face on Sunday. Yes. As for the Packers' big picture, with Love not having established himself yet, uh, you know, as you said, they have some defensive talent. They have some young receivers. Uh, I mean, I look at it from a writer's perspective saying I, this might be the beginning of a real rebuild. What, you know, as a former executive, how do you view their roster in their near in their immediate future? Yeah, it could be. They, they've got a lot of young players, a lot of, a lot of good talented players that they can lean on in the future. Guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs at receiver and Musgrave at tight end. He's a little nicked up too, but obviously the quarterback is, is a key. Jaden Reed, the receiver, is a good, a good player that they picked early. Defensively, I think they still have a lot of good players. Kenny Clark has given Bradbury fits over the years uh, inside. Uh, Devontae Wyatt was a first-round pick. Quay Walker, a first-round pick. Rashawn Gary is, is a very good pass rusher who will be challenging on the outside. So they've got some talent on that team, no doubt. But something is a little off in Green Bay this year, and and their two and four record reflects that. But as we saw with the Vikings over the last couple of weeks, things can, can turn around quickly. And so I think that's the big challenge to be able to to go in there and get off to a good start. That's where the Vikings said in their losing games this year. They had so many turnovers early in the game. Now they've won the turnover battle the last two weeks. They could be playing with a slippery ball. If they get back to that turnover mode, they're going to be in big trouble against this Packers team. But if they can hang on to the ball, I think that, that they're certainly a much more formidable team, and, and that's what they've done the last couple of weeks, talking about the Vikings. So let's do our picks, and of course we use the picks not so much to tell you how to bet. Uh, we don't tell you how to bet, but just as a, a vehicle for talking about teams and matchups around the league. And let's start with this. Cincinnati at San Francisco, uh, beginning of the season, you might some people might have considered this a Super Bowl a preview. We've seen the 49ers stumble a little bit. Cincinnati got off to a slow start with Burrow hurt, but they're still good teams. So what, do you, what do you see here? This is I think this is really a fascinating game. Yeah. <clears throat> when you think about uh, Cincinnati, I believe coming off their bye, uh, going to San Francisco, they're three and three. They've they've kind of fought back as the Vikings did from the early season adversity and Burrow's calf injury seem to be back on track. I think that the Bengals are, are a dangerous opponent for the 49ers at this point in time. Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol coming yep. out of the Vikings game, so Sam Darnold might get the start. This is really a tough pick. I, I do think the 49ers bounce back this week and find a way to win, but I think it's going to be a close game. 
Yeah, uh, I, I will take Cincinnati in that one just because of, the, of Purdy's uh, concussion. Let's go to Chicago at Chargers. <clears throat> very interesting to me that Chicago has played very well offensively three of the last four weeks. They've won two of the last three weeks, and the Vikings were the team that shut them down and made them and made them look bad. Uh, Tyler Badgett played well against Vegas. I know Vegas isn't a very good team. Uh, Fields had played well previously. Now Chicago at Chargers. Uh, what do you see in this one? Yeah, I think the Chargers <clears throat> will get back on track, and Justin Herbert is a guy that I think can can get it done against the Bears. Um, is this game you said in L.A. or in Chicago? L.A. Yeah, in L.A., I, I definitely like the Chargers. I think that if it was in Chicago, I would give the Bears a little more chance. But, hey, they, they've been playing better. Uh, even the Vikings game was was a tough game, and, and they certainly stepped up last week and, and against, the, against Washington previously on the road. So the Bears seem to be heading the right direction, and, 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 and Tyson Bajan, wow, he's – Kind of an amazing story, certainly. But I'll, I'll take the Chargers. Yeah, uh, agreed with you there. Vegas at Detroit. And of course, we're picking the Chicago and Detroit games, not because they're particularly great matchups, because we want to talk about the division. Vegas at Detroit. Detroit got absolutely stomped in Baltimore. Vegas is kind of a weird team. They might be trading people away. Uh, they might be trying to hang on in in some kind of a contention. I don't think they're particularly good, but they're not out of it yet. What do you see there? Yeah, I think a lot of that depends for for Vegas on if Garoppolo is able to play or not, and, right? And we'll see. But I think the Lions bounced back this week against against a, a Raider team that got drilled last week. But the Lions, I think it's it's questionable were they exposed in Baltimore uh, when, when the Ravens run up touchdown drives on the first four drives of the game and Lamar Jackson just shredded them. We'll see how the Lions play the rest of the season, but I, I really thought Jim it was premature to include them as Super Bowl contenders when they were five and one. Yep. Consider, considering their defense was last in the league in twenty twenty two, they have some better talent this year, and Aiden Hutchinson's a load. But I, I think they still have a ways to go. And at one point in that game with the Ravens, they were outgained three twenty five to thirteen in the second yep. quarter. My goodness, that's crazy. But I'll say this about the Lions and the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell and the coaches should closely study the game tape of what Baltimore did to Detroit when the Vikings played them two of the last three three weeks. But I'll, mm-hmm. I, I, will, I, will, I will definitely take Detroit in this game. Yeah, the, the only problem, I watched that game, and uh, Lamar Jackson just moved beautifully. Uh, scrambling, buying extra time. Uh, you know, running running the ball, scoring a touchdown in the red zone with ease. You know, so a lot of things Baltimore did. Uh, I'm not sure Kirk Cousins can replicate, but I do think there are holes in that Lions defense the Vikings can take advantage of, especially when they have Jefferson back. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on that one. All right, let's get the last game and the capper for our show. Once again, thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. Again, if you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Free, easiest way to listen. Vikings at Green Bay, always fascinating. What do you think? Um, I like the Vikings in this game. I don't think it's, it's not going to be easy as it usually is not. And they're continuing on that one score every game this year, one score games. And I think it'll be similar in Green Bay. I'm a little nervous about Greg Joseph. 
who missed an extra point and that 50-yard field goal at the end of the 49er game. I, th- I think that it, it, it's a it's a it's a dangerous game for the Vikings, and but hopefully the the players that are that were there last year will remember how the Packers just drilled them in December. So I think the Vikings win this game. I think they're playing with confidence. It, it's a big shot in the arm to have beaten San Francisco, who's a top five team in the league even after that loss, and and the fact that they've gone through that first part of the season having played teams like Philadelphia, Kansas City, and San Francisco, and now the schedule turns. But it's really an important game for them to get back to 500. I think the Vikings win. I I will call it 27-23. So often we think alike. I I was going to pick Vikings 26-20. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Vikings pull it out. If they do, we're going to have lots more fun talking about this year as the season progresses. Hey, great stuff from Jeff. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week.